TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 385, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm an actor, writer, artist, and TV host. And I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, Aaron, welcome back. It's been a long time. Yay. It has been. Good to be back. All right. Let's start off with the news. First, I have that military drama 6 has been canceled by History Channel. Uh, Netflix has ordered a martial artist drama called Wu Assassins, starring martial artist uh, choreographer instead of, you know, an actor. So the fights will be awesome. In between the fights, I cannot guarantee awesome. Uh, Jordan Peele is headlining a sci-fi comedy anthology called Weird mm-hmm. City for YouTube. I was going to say YouTube Red, but now YouTube it's is just called YouTube, YouTube Premium. Premium, which is more expensive, but I don't think it gives you that much more. Um, it literally is more expensive than YouTube Red, which I don't understand the logic. Uh, Halo has gone to series at Showtime, and I'm just... The problem with Halo is that the master it's about the master chief the master chief never takes off his helmet he speaks but you never see his face and that's kind of because you the player are the master chief so they didn't want to show a face and i get it but i'm not sure how you would do a series with your main character and he never takes off his helmet i think for the series he'd have to um, but also the master chief is crazy powerful he's way more powerful than a regular human soldier so the question is, do we focus on him or do we bring him in on special occasions? I'm curious. I need to know this information because it's very important about whether the show will be good or not. That's all mm. I'm saying. Um, DC uh, Universe has previewed its streaming service, and it's basically as expected as far as the library of all the DC character movies, like all the Superman movies, all those movies will be there. I presume TV shows, too. Yeah, all their history TV shows. And then they are launching two uh, live action. You have Titans and Young Justice. Three. What's the other one? Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. And then you have a couple of animated series. Oh, did you say Swap Thing? Yeah. And then there's some animated series. I forgot which ones were animated. The only one that's animated so far that's been announced is uh, Young Justice Season 3. Okay. Well... I know some people that worked on Titan, and I think they said that's supposed to be good. And I, I'm looking forward to some of that. And I also like the idea that you also get, if you do the surface, you get their whole library of comics as well. So not, I was like, that's kind of awesome. Not whole library of comics, but a curated collection that will rotate. Okay. So, yeah, I, it's interesting. I was talking to a fr- with a friend about this a couple months ago, and I suspected to make it worthwhile, they need to do something similar to Marvel Unlimited, which they're doing something similar to Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> right, and I like Marvel Smart. Unlimited. I mean, it's it's limited, but it's not that limited. There's a lot. In, yeah, in I've been Marvel surprised Unlimited. how much they have, actually. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. Now, 
I mean, it's tempting, but not really that tempting. Like, I don't feel like I need to run out and get this service. What I really want to know is what Disney's streaming service is going to look like. I think that's the, the you know, <laughs> what is it? The seven, 170, how much, how much are they paying for uh, Fox? $71 billion? $171 right. billion? Dollars? Yeah. It's $71 Question. billion. Seventy-one billion. That's the seventy-one billion dollar question, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tom. <laughs> it took a while to get to that joke, but thank you. <laughs> you can't rush richness, as the Keeper Elves used to say. All right, uh, Piper Parabu and uh, Idris Elba will be starring in Netflix comedy called Turn It Up, Charlie. Uh, famous in Love has been canceled after two seasons on Freeform. Tom, take it away. Yes, Charter Communications, what? Has ordered LA's Finest from Sony. It's the Bad Boy spinoff starring Gabrielle Union reprising her character from the movies and Jessica Alba and Ernie Hudson, Zach Guilford, yada yada. Fox has canceled Ghosted after one season. HBO has added Tom Mizon, Mizon from uh, Sleepy Hollow to the Watchmen pilot. NBC has canceled Champions. And YouTube Premium has ordered... The comedy on Becoming a God in Central Florida with Kirsten Dunst starring and executive producer George Clooney. Hmm. I like George Clooney. That was the only thing that you said in that sentence that sounded interesting. (laughs) She was good in uh, the second season of Fargo. And I've not been a big fan of hers as an adult. (laughs) So... I, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, that is it going to be worth paying for yet another streaming service? Down no. <laughs> All right, uh, let's start off talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the Westworld season finale, which could have doubled as their series finale. Because when I got to the end of that episode, I was like, "Is that it?" And then um, there's this moment where it goes to black, and I was like. And I said it almost the same time as Bernard. I was like, is this now? You know, it was a lot of that that was happening in the finale where I was very much like, okay, wait, what? And with where? Okay, was that before or after this other thing? Okay, now, well, does that mean? And I really felt like I needed to be drawing a chart at the same time that I was (laughs) watching the episode because – on Twitter, after I finished, I was like, I love the episode, but I cannot 100% tell you what happened. <laughs> but since then, I've read articles from the showrunners that explained, you know, what they were trying to do. And I've had extremely lengthy discussions at said water cooler about the episodes where there were people who got less than I did. And they were like, OK, so explain to me what? And so by explaining stuff, I actually am like, OK, I get it more. So my question to you guys, a show that's kind of work to, tr- to try to figure out what's going on, is it worth it? Did you still enjoy it? How did you feel about the finale? Well, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I do appreciate a show that doesn't talk down to its audience, that expects you, they, they come up with something complex and they expect you to be able to follow along. And they may not be right all the time <laughs> as far as that's concerned, but I do appreciate actually, you know, ha- having something challenging presented to me. 
even if I have to like go back and rewatch certain things, which I did when I was watching the episode, there were there were moments where I went, wait a minute, what? And I, I rolled back and I had to watch it again to, to get the context of what was happening. And I I appreciate that. It's 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 so much better than watching something that's spoon fed to you or, you know, hits you over the head like like, you know, a cartoon piano. It's it's just I like I like that. Uh, about a show and Westworld I can always count on that to you know present something that's interesting and challenging and has twists that that you have to follow along with and figure out and um, you know and sometimes you can go on the on a wrong bender um, like I a couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, I was absolutely dead certain that there were two iterations of uh, our wandering mm-hmm. around and then this and this last episode went to great lengths to show exactly how that was not true, but how Bernard fit into all those se- sequences, the the chronological uh, right. positioning of everything. And, um, you know, filling in the blanks was was really nice. But I'm, uh, you know, watching where these characters are going uh, emotionally and. Um, is is I think the most fascinating thing about about the story, and I think we lost a, a number of characters, which I feel bad about. But there are still a lot of other characters that uh, you know are going to be going on and finding out how they're going to be uh, integrated and brought back next year is is an interesting question. You know, particularly Maeve. Um, you know, she she gave her life at the end, but we know she can be brought back. But how she will be brought back, and in, in what condition she'll be brought back, is mm-hmm. is a question. Um, but uh, you know, I I I really thought it was wonderful. And what's going to happen now too with that um, alternate world that they've escaped into that that most of the others well, have gone to? What's happening with it? They've said that uh, we're not going to see that. They said that. Basically, the world that they put the, you know, they sent it to a satellite that's unknown that humans can't get to. They said that's maybe for another time. But next season, we're not going to go to that world. It's yeah, no, I didn't of, figure yeah. we would immediately do it. But that's that's that's, you know, one of those things like the gun that shows up in Act One. Eventually, right. we're going to see something happening as a result of it. And I, I, that's interesting, too. Check so, off yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Tom, did, your thoughts. Did anybody stick around for the Easter egg at the end? Oh, that's absolutely. Kind of, yes. That's, that's what kind of blew my mind. It's like, okay, like as if what we've seen before isn't confusing enough. Guess what? Well, <laughs> the thing a... is, the the thing that you have to the, the thing that actually made that more confusing is because you already wondered whether or not the man in black was a host or not because he was wondering it. And so you're like, I don't think he is, but I think he thinks he is. I think he's going crazy. And then they show it at the end and they're like, wait, he's a host. That's, but that's, that's not the same one. Oh, I know. I, I understand yeah. that. I understand yeah. that that is a host, but we've been, we have not been watching the host. We've been watching the real man, but right. it was like, it was a great, just tasty bit of revenge. Um, that, you know, that, the, that his psyche is going to be tortured for like all eternity, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I thought that this finale was great. Oh, go ahead, Tom. Sorry, I interrupted you. 
what I thought was what what I found fascinating about some of the feedback to the finale is that there's a bunch of there's a whole strain of conventional wisdom. Is this show too complicated and too clever for its own good? It's like, and I'm in Allison's camp. I'm I like a show that doesn't insult my intelligence that demands that I pay attention, and you know, although I'm sad that some characters won't be coming back for season three, I'll I hope some of my favorites do come back for season three. And right. it seems like my understanding from reading interviews with the EPs is that a lot of season three is going to take place in the quote unquote real world, right. which I find very intriguing mm-hmm. because again, they're using concepts from, uh, it, it seems like they might be working in concepts from the original Westworld's sequel future world and the follow on television series beyond Westworld. So well, what I, 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 I'm, I'm in in terms of I trust, you know, person of interest earned uh, with person of interest. Uh, Jonah, Jonah, Nolan. Nolan, Jonah Nolan earned a high level of trust for me because he didn't he stuck the landing. Right. And stuck around for the conclusion of the series. unlike other things that J.J. Abrams has done. Lost. <clears throat> <laughs> but um, they've earned a high level of trust level of trust for me because all does make sense if you're willing to do the work. And I like television that's interesting, that makes me think. Apparently, uh, when I went to work, did the water cooler discussion, um, one of the guys at work said that he it got so complicated that he gave up trying to figure out. He would watch it, but it just like washed over him and made no sense because he wasn't trying. He was just trying to just watch it. And it doesn't work like that. You have to think. Oh, no, 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 no. And so he got really frustrated and not understanding all these things. And then he was like, this is too hard. He's like, I'm not watching next season. This is too hard. And I was like, okay. Uh, and uh, one of the other people I work with, he was like, he thought that it was hard for hard's sake. But he did appreciate the story. And he said, depending on what the story was next season, he might. Like, he was on the fence. And I do think they did lose people because if you're if you're trying to just watch popcorn television and just let it flow over that. you, this is not that show. Not at all. No. No. You you uh you literally have to almost do math. Like I've watched the finale twice, and it makes way more sense the second time. Definitely. <laughs> oh, let's talk about real quick. Uh, your opinions. The Luke Hemsworth character is totally a host, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I think uh, he made that very, very clear. I think I I, I've, so. I've read people who weren't quite sure about it, but I thought the way he said, I mean, first of all, he was saying that he'd been there for so long, like right from the beginning. I forget it was his exact phrasing. He said was, that the, the, his, his earliest memories were a Ford. He didn't remember his life before Ford. Yeah, which is literal. He's not speaking in any figurative terms. And I, you know, you suddenly realize, oh, wait, you know, he's a, he's not remotely human. He never has been. Um, so I thought that that was, I thought that that was interesting. And I, I totally am on the side where it's, it says, yes, he's a host. Right. I don't know how to feel about Dolores 2.0 in uh, Tessa Thompson's body. Oh, they said that she's only in her body until Dolores makes a new body. And then after she makes her new body, uh, if there's somebody else inside of Hale. Yeah, she got out with a bunch of those little little orbs. Right. You know, so the, people's the big brains. mystery so, in season three would be who, it who, is. who is inside of Hale's body right now. Uh, I love the misdirect 
that by the time Hale was trying to stop the plan, it was already too late. Yes. Yeah. That was, uh, you know, that was interesting. And, and again, because the show is always, well, we didn't know it initially, but because the show has always juggled multiple timelines, that was a cool revelation. Mm. Let, let's wrap this up. I think we're all, everyone at least here is saying 100% thumbs up. We loved it. It was confusing and uh, required a rewatch, but it, I think it's definitely worth your time. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Next up, we're going to talk about Succession. And guys, convince me, why should I be watching Succession? <laughs> I mean, for real. Like, I have HBO, but I haven't even watched the pilot. So I don't know something. how much more we could add to last week's discussion. It's, you know, it's a black comedy, and <laughs> Brian Cox, it's got a great cast. You never know what quite to expect from these characters. They're all awful. They're all we'll terrible. See, we'll but see, I mean, I in, like in a shows good that are, way. But I was going to say, I don't like shows where everyone's terrible. I need to have somebody to root behind. If I don't have anybody to root behind, then I'm not going to enjoy the show. See, I normally am like that. I, I, I have to have at least one character who I can say, yeah, that's that's the person who's going to be, you know, my my lodestone through all of this. I'm going to be able to to, you know, rely on this, at least this one person to be good. I know where, where Billions is concerned, I was starting to getting really tired of it because there wasn't anyone for me to actually root for. And then they brought in Taylor and then oh oh I can't watch this show still um but where where this show is concerned I think somebody being good is not the point mm-hmm. it, it it is very much a satire I mean it's got it, it it's got the structure of King Lear um but it's as, as if King Lear <laughs> was King a Lear, I know wait, when wait, King wait, Lear his daughter was a, well and also his daughter is the good person in King Lear well there was yeah, and there really is yeah. Well, I mean the good um, one. There's a yeah, good one that you're, and, and yeah, and you're going through the story through their point of view. So you definitely have a person to cheer for. So that's why I think King, King Lear works. Yeah, if, and where this is concerned, it's not really, it's not really that. There is no good daughter in this. Mm-hmm. I think the closest they got to that, I'm, I'm getting the, the impression that, that, um, the, uh, the son. I'm, I'm blanking uh, what his, his name is uh, offhand now the, uh, the the one who was supposed to take charge of uh-huh. uh, the uh the company that he's the closest you can get um to the good daughter because he genuinely loves his father desperate for his approval and and really does want to make the the best he can out of the company but um f- you know for all that he's also an idiot and you have to you have to acknowledge that and he he says and does stupid things they they all pretty much do um but it's you you have to approach it from the fact that this is a satire we're looking at like the 0.01 percentile of rich people and how horrible they can be mm-hmm. and the answer is very um and it's it's just kind of brilliant from from that perspective I think one of the things that's uh, <laughs> Alan Ruck as the oldest is it Connor? I think is the name of the he's the oldest oh, sibling, but okay. from from obviously the first the first wife who for some reason he's not even you know a contender. But the one thing he does run is this big charity dinner, and he's just he's worse than the rest of them in, in some respects. He's just he's flipping out over the butter, and he just goes in the kitchen and. 
and reams the staff and the caterer a new the one. The butter thing was hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> it was just like, oh my gosh! I mean, if, if people didn't figure out at that point that this series is not to be taken seriously, come on, come on, people. Um, but yeah, well, that and when uh, Brian Cox evidently wanders into was it his son's office and pees on the floor? Yes. <laughs> what? Come on. We don't no. see it. We see the. We see the after effect of it, where there's the spot, and then everybody's talking about, what do we do about this? And it's like, are you sure? Are you sure just, you didn't do it? Um, well, the whole, I, you're not convincing me so far. He like, had, no. the, the thing is, like King Lear, who, who goes mad in the course of the, the play, and really isn't, he's kind of edging into senility from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, where where the uh, Logan Roy, who's the, the lead character, where he's concerned, you get the feeling that he was, you know, kind of losing it from the beginning, and then he has a stroke, and that just makes everything worse. So he's not mentally all there. Mm-mm. So he, he's, he's, you know, given to all kinds of strange behavior, like wandering into an office and being on his son's floor. Um, and it's 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 just bizarre because at the same time people are trying to pass this off as perfectly normal because you know if if the investors find out how bad it is the the company goes under so yeah there's a lot of that well you had me at butter i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> like all right let's baby. move let's move on let's move on uh next up we're going to talk about uh the preacher premiere of season three and preacher was on my year you have a warning this is your warning because i didn't really like season two that much so the premiere was going to determine what the heck happens uh for me for the next season and it was interesting like i don't know where they're going but i kind of want to know where they're going um because they're really delving into uh jesse's background and it's really kind of creating a rift between Jesse and, um, uh, what's his friend's name? I forgot his name. Uh, the vampire. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so there's like a uh, rift. Cassidy. Oh, Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, there's really building up a rift between the two of them. And I'm kind of intrigued about that. So I'm still going to keep watching. Uh, they've got me interested. The grandmother, wow, she is a piece of work. And so, yeah, I'm liking it. But it looks like next week they're going to add back in all the other minutiae from last season that I wasn't 100% sure I liked. So I'll really, the real judge will be what the heck is going on once you add in all that other stuff. So what do you guys think? I was I was completely hooked um, with, with the storyline that they've got going. And I what really just blew with, yeah. my mind. So, sorry? No, I was agreeing with you. Yes. I, oh, I okay. So, yeah. And what really blew my mind was, you know, I was looking at at his grandma and thinking, "God, she's familiar. Where have I seen her?" And then I realized, oh, it's it's Betty Buckley, as as the grandmother, and thinking, "Wow, we've come a long way from cats." Um, uh, it's it's she's she just completely disappears into this character who is absolutely phenomenally horrible, and this yeah. suddenly explains a whole lot about Jesse uh, and, and the other cast of weirdos who are a part of this world that he escaped from um, is, is kind of fascinating in a terrifying way as well. So I, I'm, I'm 
really intrigued to see them delve deeper into what happened all those years ago and what's going on with the characters now. And um, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't figure they were really going to completely kill off Tulip, but the way they brought her back was, uh, you know, it was, it was like they apparently uh, Purgatory looks like a sitcom. <laughs> and I'd want to get out of there, too. Yeah, that was, uh, and I like Little Tulip. I like their version of Young Tulip. All that was good. And I'm saying this episode was great, but then the preview for next week was all that extra, all those extra characters from last season that I thought were problematic. And the question is, are they going to be able to bridge in those characters with the new plot that they have for this season? That's yeah, well, it's that's that's the point of how they're going to integrate it. I I did not hate the, all the characters so much. Um, the uh, hair star um, w- I thought was interesting, and I like the actor who plays him. He's like in almost everything I see these days, and and always playing a bad guy. Um, but uh, you know the so so I didn't have quite the problem that you did last season because I I did kind of like that stuff, and I think. Yeah, it's how they integrate it that's going to make it work or not. But I trust them at this point because mm. I did. I did like last year. They're on. They're on probation for me. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts before we move on? All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season. Thankfully, not series finale of the Expanse. Um, it took me forever to watch it mainly because, uh, when I was trying, my TiVo refused to record the whole first hour or the whole second hour. So I got like 45 minutes of the first episode and then 45 minutes of the second episode. That's, that's, that's all there was. Yeah. It was, it was showing little limited commercial interruptions. That was, but it felt cut off. It was weird. And anyway, I went and tried to get any, I've, at this point I finished it. Okay. So it's done. (laughs) So, because I was like, what? Just because it like cut off like in mid sentence on my TiVo. Oh, that's so not it was good. really bizarre. Um, anyway, so I uh, I did finish it, and I think that where they left it off is a great place, a great kickoff point for the next season. I think that was amazing. And the uh, next book. I my question, what what was bugging me was the captain of the generation ship. Uh, what's his name? Ashford? Yes, Ashford. Every time I get to where I think Ashford is actually a good guy, like his reasoning and what he's trying to do sounds logical. I was like, oh, that makes sense. You're totally on the good side. And then he'll see somebody else doing something that's not what he wants to do. And then he becomes a villain again. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why can we not have a conversation like adults and figure out, you know, the proper path? Why is everybody fighting? Uh, that's that was actually kind of frustrating to me. Well, I I loved the episode overall, but I have to admit that that was one thing that did not work for me at all. And I think it's attributable um, to how they they got word that they might not be picked up, and mm-hmm. they wanted to tie things up as fast as possible. So something that maybe would have gotten a, a longer time to make a transition and explain, instead, all of a sudden we go from Ashford. Is, is a reasonable and good guy to suddenly he's wild-eyed Ahab going after Moby Dick. Um, and, it, and, and literally in five seconds. It's in five seconds. It's you crazy. Could see, 
I know, I know the exact moment where suddenly he gets a look on his face and he just goes crazy. And I was, as I was watching it, I was going, oh, you're not going to go there. And they did. And it, it, that was the one thing really, well, actually there were two things that didn't entirely work for me. That was him and, and Melba's transition to, uh, oh, uh, yeah, to a good guy. A good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, they both came just way too fast and did not seem earned. I love, well, I think love, Melba's love of, of was show, better. Hers made a little bit more sense. It, yeah, didn't give, because, it, it, it didn't give you the whiplash of yeah, Ashford's. Yeah. Hers. I saw it coming. Like I could see her having the conversation with the preach, with the preacher woman, um, that really affected her. And then, like, everything she knew about Holden was kind of in her own head. Like, how she imagined what he was like and mm-hmm. how she pictured him without having any facts about him whatsoever. So, actually, like, being around him, she realized she was wrong, you know? And, and that everything she had done had been based on a wrong assumption. And you could see the moment when that happens and she's like, oh my God, I've done all this stuff without understanding the real truth and now what do I do? And so that worked for me a lot better. Like I understood her change. It might have been fast, but I understood it. Uh, well, except Astros that what didn't. she did was so extremely horrible. I mean, she's responsible for many, many, many people getting killed. Oh, I know. And, and, that, and, and then that weighted guilt, she felt that. Like I, I saw that. You know, and so it just seemed too fast to me. I couldn't the way they'd structured her character as being such a fanatic. I couldn't see her changing as quickly as she did or caring uh, as much as she was supposed to. Yeah, but, did, like I no. said, it didn't bother me as much. But, uh, but other... yeah, the rest of the because sh- the rest of the show was those were the only two points that bugged me. The rest of the show I thought was brilliant. Right. And I've got to say that I really liked Anna's conversations with Amos. And that's a pairing that I hope they continue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially since Amos is such an interesting character. And... Well, well, my question, the thing is, is I was almost getting ready to ship them. And then I remembered she's married to a woman. And I was like, yeah, oh, wait. She's... <laughs> she's... <laughs> that ship is never going to leave the dock. Yes, so. I know. But I, their chemistry was actually really good. And the way he was staring at her was very much like... I think I love you now. <laughs> oh, she's well, definitely the new Naomi for him. I was yeah. going to say, he, she's, she's the new Amos whisperer. Yes. Because, you know, Amos, Amos really hates the, I mean, well, Amos doesn't look up to Naomi the same way since Naomi got with, uh, what's his face? With Holden? Holden. With Holden. And so it's interesting to see, I mean, it, it, it's interesting to see him respond to somebody with the respect and admiration you know, to kind of service his exterior moral compass. <laughs> yeah, he he no know, he knows he doesn't have a moral compass, and I so know, he needs somebody to be his moral compass. And Naomi failed that. Yeah, she, yeah, she failed did. that test, and now he can't depend on her to be the moral compass anymore because she has the same darkness he does. And so, yeah, he's lost that loyalty to her. Um and oh and I love that now Bobby's part of the crew. I was like, thank God, yay! That was <laughs> awesome. I loved that. That was great. And I, I one of my favorite characters through all of this. She didn't really start that way, but but drummer has turned into like just one of my absolute 
favorites on the show. The fact that, you know, she would she would sustain that kind of injury and then build herself like, mm-hmm. you know, a power suit so she could slump around, you know, just <laughs> just to keep going. And I loved the fake out that they did where you're so certain she's, she's going to sacrifice die, her yeah. life. Yeah. And and she, you know, I mean she absolutely was and then <laughs> Naomi did something much smarter with the elevator, yes. which which was brilliant. There was I, I literally just shouted out loud when it happened because it was so surprising. I was just I was like saying goodbye to her. I was like, oh, but I really liked you. It's going to suck when you die. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron, Not you're so fast. Go ahead. I got to say, though, I missed wait. A Vasarala being sidelined for this arc. Oh, that's true. And I hope she, I hope she moves back into prominence. And I also, I'm surprised they didn't bring back um, Fred Johnson. Oh right. Well, there, there, everything was in the ring. If you weren't in the ring, you weren't in the story. Right, but still. But uh, Aaron, did you have any thoughts? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything that's been said. I now I understand since they got word that maybe they wouldn't be picked up. I just felt like everything wrapped up way too quick. I wanted just a little bit more time with a lot of different things, in particular with the ring and all those different things. But I did enjoy the episode. I mean, for me, with The Expanse, I've loved it always, only because it's mostly those team dynamics, I think, are phenomenal. And I did have an eye on um, watching how Holden, who I find to be, he's just loyal. I mean, he is undying loyal to whom... I'm not Holden, I'm sorry. Uh, Amos. I'm Amos. Amos. Sorry. Amos, yeah. His... his his loyalty, that's just a great character trait that I like about him. Um, and I, too, thought that he and the preacher lady, I said, oh, maybe something is going to happen there. But I love that that moment when he said, I'll make sure nothing happens to you. I was like, yeah. I said, I love that moment. And yeah. I believe him. Um, you know, so I, I think it was a great episode. I'm hoping it does get picked up again. It did. Um, it's, it did. Oh, it is. Amazon is going to Amazon. Oh, fantastic, because, I mean, I love the crew. I love the way that the stories unfold. I love that it's a slow build. Just my only thing, I thought that it just wrapped up way too quick. I want a little bit more, but otherwise, I loved it. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, next oh, up, I'm, well, oh, go ahead. What, what, one last thing. I'm looking forward to seeing – I'm almost tempted to read the books because I, I have the intellectual curiosity. The, the Holden's monologue at the very end – says that basically something killed off this elder race. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And basically the ring let them through because it wants to know what killed its creators. And so it's going to let humanity go and explore until it yeah. runs into it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, yeah. And it's intellectual curiosity. It wants to know too. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Colony and... The thing about Colony is that this episode started off pretty well, and I was kind of getting into it, and for about 1.5 seconds, they had me convinced that uh, Will was actually going to take action and not be swayed by slimy Alan. And, like, every word out of Alan's mouth is a lie. Every single one. Mm -hmm. Mixed with just 1% truth to make it go down better. And uh, the whole time he's trying to talk his way out of the situation and save his own life, I was like, come on, come on. I was like, just shoot him. And I was like, they can't shoot him. He's the best villain on the show. And then I was like, shoot him. I was like, they can't shoot him. And I was right. I mean, 
it was like that whole situation almost had no stakes because he's the star of the they were both stars of the show neither one of them was going to kill the other and so that convinced me that colony doesn't have stakes you know some something bad should have happened to one of them for that situation and and the fact that they both walked out unscathed just really disappointed me yeah, right. but that, that's colony all over the place, you know. I mean, it, this this entire hour for me was just an exercise in wheel spinning for exactly the reasons that you brought up. We know for the, a fact that nothing Snyder says is true. Um, if it is true, it's only like a true that's shaded by a lie, uh, so he can benefit from it. The, and and the whole idea of wanting to to tie him up and get information out of him is pointless if as the characters themselves know everything he says is a lie right there's there's no way you could fi- if, even if you know you you got all kinds of information out of him there's there'd be no way of telling if any of it was valid if any of it was useful the only thing that they really could have done was blow his brains out and as you said they're not going to do that because they don't do that on this show i mean they should have replaced they do they do this yeah point, but yeah that's true and i mean he is a really good character. I like him, but I did feel like he should pay the consequences for his actions, and he's not. He just keeps no. getting away with it. No, and over I, and over is, again. I, I actually I like the actor Peter J- Jacobson. I've seen him in all kinds of things since House, and and he's really good. But I don't like the character because he's just one note. He's like snidely whiplash. He's one thing and and everyone should know what that one thing is now and he shouldn't be fooling anybody and the fact that it just keeps going on and on and on like this is is just pointless and maddening it's it was just an hour of filler for me because nothing changed nothing changed it ended up being filler because nothing happened go ahead And you two have enumerated the reasons why I dumped this show because the first couple episodes of the season were just so terrible. It's like, come on. And remember how I said how Jonah Nolan has earned my trust because of person of interest? Mm-hmm. Carlton Cruz has not because of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they did. The thing is, they killed one of the kids, and I was like, oh, that'll be consequences. And then nothing happened after that. So, blah. Yeah. But that's, you know, I mean, and, and that I think is, is where Colony is and where it's going to be right to its very last moment on air. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm getting so close to just knocking this off my DVR at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad at you. So, all right, do let's it, move do on. It, do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Cloak and Dagger. This was episode five, I want to say. And last week I really enjoyed the episode because the two main characters were in the same room and they were actually talking about their problems and what was going on and how their powers work and whatever and their backstories, which I thought was great. This week actually felt like some of that was continuing to go on, but it also felt like we were treading water as well because like she's working on her powers and figuring out how to use them. And trying to solve dad's murder. And trying to solve her dad's murder while the other kid is just trying to win a basketball tournament. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, it doesn't I... seem like they're in the same, they're on the same show. You know, it's it's right. like espionage, spies, assassins are coming in to kill people. And I, mean, I have a, to win a state. Sten- <laughs> ostensibly, he's trying to do some stuff with his with his 
brother's murder. But not yeah, really, there though. This, there was this weird mismatch. Right. Yeah. Between between the storylines. And yeah, it just didn't kind of resonate. It, it felt like it might have needed another pass. At the, you know, the executive producer should take another pass at the script to make sure everything coheres properly. Right. right. And they did not do that. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. What do you think? Well, you know, um, it's it's been an interesting ride. Um, I really want to love it because it's a comic book property. And I used to read the Cloak and Dagger comic books. Um, they did completely flip the origins and the histories of the characters. So I, I, I'm hoping that they're going to bring in some elements um, from the books. Um, because I think that there's some great character traits that are innately built into the characters that I'm not seeing yet on the TV show. Um, Cloak is supposed to have a hunger. You know what I mean? There's a hunger that he can, he, he has a fight to control himself from just basically overtaking everything because he's so powerful. So he and, and Dagger, they balance each other. You know what I mean? Without one, the other can't exist. So I'm hoping that they're going to really push that. Um, I'm enjoying the backstory, you know, even though it's completely different from the comic books, I mean, literally different, but I'm enjoying some of the, the backstory, but um, I'm just not quite feeling it yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's, there's, I feel like they're trying to go somewhere, but I don't know where they're taking us yet. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to see more development because I feel like we need to see more development from Tyrone um, and from the use of his abilities. Because right now he's just winding up places that he didn't mean to be. Exactly. Uh, we, and I, that's, like that's yeah, that's my issue. It's not clear what his yeah. powers are. And yeah. she's starting to gain positive control over hers. Yes. Right. So yeah. yeah, I just yeah, I yeah. have to say that the series was development was rushed. But it's kind of like it, it, fe- it doesn't feel as fully formed as some of the other Marvel series. And granted, this is not you know this is not a Netflix series, yeah. and this is not you know the Gifted on Fox or uh, mm-hmm. Runaways on Hulu. Yeah. But yeah, it just uh, uh, oh, and also, can we stop the fr- you know? Yes, you're on Freeform, but does it have to devolve into the hey, this is the music vi- the music video. <laughs> portion of the show where we license the song <laughs> to Mickey Mouse. It's like, that gets old after a while. That, that it's was one it's of the very that, MTV. Or not it's MTV, very Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf, yeah. <laughs> it did feel very Teen Wolf. And on Teen Wolf, I didn't mind it. I got used to it. I didn't mind yeah, it. Well, because as, Teen Wolf was on MTV. <laughs> well, that's true, too. But also, I got I got used to it because they used it better, I think. And Yeah, this um, one just doesn't seem... It, it almost feels... Yeah. That this is like, hey, you know, you didn't get a spot on one of the Netflix shows, and you didn't get a spot on this show, but we'll put you your consolation prize. You you got the the, the ABC Freeform show, right? Well, and, and it's it's going up and down in quality. Like I said, I thought yeah. last week's episode was pretty good, yeah, and this one felt like it was regressing a little bit. So, I mean, it's only eight episodes, I think. So I'm gonna finish. This oh, jeez, it's yeah. only eight. I think it's eight to ten. It's not very many. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Glow. Um, how many episodes do you guys want to talk about? Two. <laughs> okay. So we'll talk about the first two, and I'm going to hum really loud and put my fingers in my ears because I didn't start Glow. I was watching Luke Cage. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so you guys go forth and speak of the thing that is Glow. I love season one. A yes. lot, so I'm really yeah. hoping that season two holds up. 
Go for it. It does. What I find fascinating is how much season two resonates now that we're in the era of, well, now that we're in the Time's Up post me or Time's Up slash Me Too era. Because the behavior, especially of, uh, oh, I can't think of his, his name, uh, the dude who has the pod, Mark Marin. Mark oh, Marin. yeah, Sam. Yeah. Sam's Sam. behavior is appalling by any standards, but post Me Too slash Time's Up, I'm like, dude, really, really, come on. Yeah. Well, they go into that a lot. Um, I actually, I haven't, I haven't watched the rest of Luke Cage because I sat down ready to watch like a couple episodes of Glow, and then I'd figure I'd go into Luke Cage, and I ended up spending the entire evening watching Glow. So I've seen the entire season, and it's it's brilliant. I mean, you know, I'm not going to give spoilers for the the rest of the the season because uh, you've only seen the uh, Tom, you've only seen the two. Mm-hmm. But um, if if you like the first season, you are going to love the second because it's it's not just more of the same. They go deeper into things. There's uh, the characters grow more, and um, I really I just I love the show so much. The worst thing about you know watching the whole thing in one sitting is that now I have to wait another year for ah. season three. Space um, yourself, space yourself. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, going to be such a long wait um but yeah the characters are just developed more and and i love what goes into it and yes sam uh at it certainly in the first few episodes of of this season is just every every me too nightmare man mm-hmm. uh, he really is. He's just, I, you know, and it's it may be coming from a place where his own his own sense of insecurities and inadequacies, but it, it the way he's taking it out on on women who are completely vulnerable to to his decision making is horrible. It's it's terrible, and they they fully go into that, and you really feel that, and you know, you look back, especially. Back then, there was nothing. There was no Me Too. There was no recourse. Mm-hmm. Even to deal with that, you just had to either suck it up or leave. And uh, and that was it. And so you get the sense of, of disempowerment and frustration from uh, these women who are really just trying to do their best and, and you know, make a go of, of what they're doing. I thought th- there's an interesting moment in episode two where um, Debbie is tr- has in episode one, Debbie brings out her soon to be ex-husband at, acting as her agent and negotiates a great contract. Basically, she probably doesn't get paid that much more than she did before, but she has a producer title and mm-hmm. the guys are totally not down with that at all. So no. they basically are shutting her out and She's making an effort, you know, she says, hey, why don't you, you know, let's have a meeting at my place. I'll cook you, you know, I'll cook you dinner. And they're like, um, welfare queen. I can't remember what the character's real name is. But oh, she, yeah. over, she overhears that and invites herself over because she knows the guys aren't coming. And then gives Debbie the best advice ever. Make yourself useful to them. And she has this great speech about how she's worked at all these different places for all these different years. And how when, you know, when you're when you're a minority or a woman, you have to work twice as hard. But if you're a white guy, you just have to stand around and wait to get promoted. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> to show up. I'm like, zing. 
Yeah, I actually cheered. I went, yes, that's it. Um, and it, it is. It's it's that unfairness, and they address that directly. And um, I do love. I, I think her 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 character's name is actually Tammy, okay. um, who plays Welfare Queen. Uh-huh. Um, and she's she's just a wonderful wonderful character because she's she's got that kind of mothering feel um when Mm -hmm. when she was overhearing that conversation and her first impulse was to to go over there and make this not such a horrible experience you know to to not let her sit all night long you know wondering where these men went for this meeting um and and that that sense of family i think that the women are uh, developing together where they watch each other's backs and they care for each other um, is something that that you really is developed through this season and I, I loved seeing that alright are you guys saying yay oh yeah oh definitely, <laughs> definitely. if you like the first season you are going to so love the second alright all right, next up, let's talk about Luke Cage, and we're going to talk bow, to... Bow, Ep- bow, bow. What, is, what does that music even mean? Let's, uh, that's the, just... that's from, from the theme song. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk up to episode seven, and uh, that would be up right after... It's the fallout of the Night of Chaos, where Mariah's uh, brownstone gets burned to the ground by Bushmaster, I did think that uh, it was exceptionally cruel and awesome where he tells a story about how he escaped a fire and his mom burned. And so he gave the daughter a choice. He's like, the door's here. You can run away or you could try to save your mom. And I was like, the whole time I was like, "Uh, drag the chair. The chair's not bolted to the ground. Like, drag the chair out of the house. What's the problem? Uh, But of course, I had to wait for Luke Cage to come and save them. But whatever. Um, and then you have the chaos of Shades finding out that his friend's a snitch, and then the big shootout that happens, and the tears, and it's... What I really uh, really appreciated was that night where they were on a stakeout, and they were talking, and you realize... Because I couldn't figure out for the life of me why, she, why Comanche was acting like such a jerk towards uh mariah i was like what is his issue it's like it's almost like he's acting like he's jealous like what is going on and then you're like oh because he was jealous and i was like okay that makes way more sense now so i really did appreciate that conversation when you find out that while they were in jail they were actually like a couple and at least they were like in jail love or whatever and shades was like well when we get out it's different it doesn't count (laughs) it's like vegas um, and it really went a long way to explain Comanche's behavior, which I'm glad they did. And then I guess I just made it sadder when he killed him. So it just was, all that was kind of heartbreaking. One thing I didn't buy was, oh my goodness, Misty, how upset Misty got with the captain's death. Like they say in words that the two of them have known each other for a while and that they were friends. But every single scene you see between them, he's either really mean they're to her. They're fighting. Or they're fighting. Yeah, like, you never fighting. see that camaraderie. You never see a moment where you believe yeah. they used to be friends. So when you get to the end and he gets shot and she's all upset, I'm like, nah, that doesn't work. Like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel Misty's grief because I didn't believe that they used to have a relationship. 
Because if they did, he was a complete jerk to her. You know. I, I want to go back. I want to go back a little bit to episode three because that's the episode where uh, Rosaria Dawson, where Claire oh, ditches when, Luke. Oh, when she leaves him. Yeah. Yeah, and. I know that Olivia texted me and said, oh, I don't like that. It's like, it made so much sense. Well, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. He was was starting to lose control. And that basically when she, when she, when when he hits the wall. Yep, she was done. Yep. Punches the fist in the drywall. And then she just says, that was my father. It's like, you know, dude, I just thought... There's there's some stuff going on with uh, good friends of mine from church, but that resonated. And uh, also, I loved Claire and uh, Luke's dad, Reverend Lucas. Yeah, yeah, he was great. And this is, I think I mentioned last time, this is one of the uh, Reggie Cathy's last screen roles. Yeah. But man, what a great role for him to go out on. Yeah. Well, he had that moment with Luke when he was like, can you ever forgive me? And he was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and it was really emotional. It was a really emotional yeah. scene. Uh, what, did you, what did you think, Aaron? Go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I've, so far, I've loved it. I binge-watched the whole thing, um, the whole season. And um, I do agree. I think that the, I, I love the character of the father. I think that there's a great balance between him and Luke. I, I feel like there's real history there. So I like the chemistry mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um, I believe it. Um, and, and as you said, Tom, about Claire, um, I thought that that was such a poignant moment. And I feel like that that was a great turning point um, for Luke and for their relationship. Um, but, you know, I, I'm enjoying this season even more than the first season. I agree. Uh, I, I, I like this one. I, I like this one better. Yeah. At this point, it, it was trailing off for me in the first season. But I feel like it's starting to even amp up even more. I mean, Mariah, I, I, I love Alfrey Woodard anyway but i'm mm-hmm. loving the way that she's playing this character because you just I, I can't predict what she's going to do or say um which way is she going to turn she, and I'm yeah, she, she has these fits where she gets really yes. angry and just starts screaming at people and then Whoa. she's really calm and then she's manipulative and then you're like which one was real mm-hmm. yes and well, that, that's, that's the brilliance i think of the character and i mean mariah is out right out of the luke cage comic book she was called yeah. Mariah in the comics. Um, the same thing with Tilda. She's in the comic books. Yep, so yep. I, I'm, I'm loving the way that that they're bringing these actual characters in and um, we're learning their history. And I think that they're really setting up for some great moments, um, even in future seasons. I think two things that really make season two far superior than season one. One, you've got this significant theme about family and yeah. and parents and children that run throughout the season yes. and the fact that Luke and uh, that Luke and his father and Mariah and Tilda, that's yes. something that runs. The, the thing that I think is fascinating about the season, and there's no spoilers in this, but Luke Cage will, will ally with whomever he needs to, to protect Harlem. So right. if that means forging a temporary, and when I say temporary, I mean like, for the moment, <laughs> alliance with Bushmaster, he'll do it. If it means uh, backing Mariah or helping Mariah out, he'll do it. But he wants to keep the streets of Harlem safe. And that's all I can say without giving no anything No spoilers! Away. That's why I said no spoilers! 
All right. Well, t- today I might watch a little bit of Glow in between my uh, Luke Cage marathon. So not completely out of the loop, but I really feel like I got to finish Luke Cage before because there are spoilers all over the place. Because it's like now yeah, with are. Netflix, if you don't finish a series in the first week, yeah. it's open for spoilers. I'm like, come on, people. It's 13 episodes. Give me a minute. Um <laughs> But because somebody was actually you had 65 seconds. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that is all. OK, now moving. on. <laughs> if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave a TV campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, we now listen on iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.